We are going to get into the Word of God tonight because I've got something in my heart that is just ready to uh, just explode out of me. So here we go. Do you know what? I remembered back um, this whole series about John Bevere, uh, that John Bevere is doing undercover. How many of you guys are doing uh, and involved in that series? Okay, lots of you. If you're not, you should be. Uh, but it's a, it's a great series. And uh, I, I thought back, right back to the time and before I got saved, now that was a few years ago, I, I got saved when I was uh, uh, just over 20. And one of the things that most concerned me about becoming a Christian was that I thought that somehow God was going to mess my life up. I thought somehow that God was going to reach out of heaven and hit me with the geek stick, okay? <laughs> All right. Instant geek, bang, you're it. All right. I, I thought somehow he was going to ruin my parties that he was going to cause me to miss out on all the fun, and that worse still, he might just send me as a missionary to Africa. Oh, my word. Uh, yeah. Can you guys relate to what I'm saying? Uh, did any of you have those fears? Uh, you didn't? I hey, come on. Uh, all right. Well, I certainly did. You know, I was scared of what God may ask of me. I was really worried that what God was going to ask me to do was going to be more than I wanted to do. He was going to ask something scary of me. And because of that, I held back from making a decision to follow Jesus Christ. But actually what happened was, was that God won my heart and I decided that I wanted to go on with him and walk the walk and do the adventure with him, regardless of what the cost was, because I saw that what the offering of God was, was so much better, so much better than what I could find in the world. And you know what? What I found is, is that the fear that I had before I gave my heart to the Lord is a fear that many people have even as Christians. They're scared of fully surrendering their lives to Jesus Christ in case he asks them to do something that they don't want to do. You know what I'm saying? Tell the person next to you, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. All right, now, this whole series that John Bevere is doing is, is really important because the whole issue is, is that faith and obedience are closely related. Faith and obedience are really closely related. Because you know what? In John 14, verse 15, you can turn there. This is a great verse. John 14, verse 15. Jesus says, you tell me when you got there. Who's got it? Oh, yeah, come on. John 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And what Jesus was saying at the proof of your love, the proof of your faith in me is that you do what I say. You keep what I tell you to do. You follow me. And that's a scary prospect. That's a scary prospect. Because when the whole deal comes up of obedience, you know, lots of us freak out. Because you know what? We were taught obedience. Most of us were taught obedience by our parents, okay? Most of us learned about obedience through our failures. We got taught with a paddle on our backsides when we were little, the consequences of our disobedience. You know, who, who experienced that? That's it. All right. We were taught obedience by our parents on the rear ends um, uh, with a, uh, yeah, a paddling, okay? And so when God talks about the whole area of obedience, for lots of people, it brings up the terrible thought of, I can't do this. 
I can't do this. Or worse, I don't want to do this. And I want to do it. You know what? Tonight, I want to disarm that fear for you from the story of a, 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 a right from the Old Testament, uh, from a guy called Abraham. And uh, Abraham learned obedience. And I want to disarm that fear tonight. I was so glad about uh, what Ian preached on this morning about the mercy seat of God, of finding a provision from God that enables us, that enables us to obey, finding the grace of God and the mercy of God that helps us to overcome the disobedience that, uh, that so easily robs us. So in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is a demand that God has of us, a requirement of us, that we obey and that we do what he says. But the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that Jesus Christ makes a provision for us to do what we cannot do. He makes a provision for us to overcome our failures. He pays the penalty for us so that we can overcome every area of disobedience and walk in perfect obedience to Jesus Christ. And what you will find is, is that the area of Obedience is not a stick to beat us with, but it's a doorway through which we can enter the blessings of God. Someone say amen. Yeah, that's good. All right, so I want you to turn, turn with me. Turn with me to the book of Genesis and chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Are you there? Right. All right. All right. Now, here we go on verse one. Now, actually, this whole passage here is really cool. I'm going to read from uh, verse one through to verse seven. It says, now, the Lord said to Abraham, okay, think Abraham, because his name changes later, but we'll just make this simple, Abraham. Now, the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. All right, what I want you to get out of here, first of all, the very first thing, there's a, a number of, of principles to be, of obedience here. But the first thing I want you to see is that the Lord said to Abraham, the Lord said to Abraham, God, the God that we serve is a God who speaks Right throughout history, he has spoken to man and woman. Right throughout the Bible, from the beginning to the end, he is a God who speaks to his people. He is a God who comes to people, and he's got something to say. And you know what? God has got something to say to you tonight. God has got something to you say to you. God speaks. Any God that does not speak is an idol. The God we serve is not an idol. He spoke to people in the Bible. He will speak to people today. He will speak to you. Have you got ears open that you would hear what God would say to you? You see, you know what? Our life in Christ, our very life starts with God speaking to us. We were here in a meeting 
or we were out with a friend and someone shared the good news of Jesus Christ with us and all of a sudden there's something in our hearts going, dunk, 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 dunk. this is real. Oh my word, I need to do something about it. What's that? That's God speaking to you, drawing you to him. You know, if God began your life like that, being born again like that, do you think he's got something to say to you today? Absolutely, he has. God speaks. God speaks all the time. He speaks through his creation. He speaks through signs and wonders. He speaks through the small, still voice in our heart. He speaks through our conscience. And he'll speak to us. You know, I live in a family with, uh, a, in a house with lots of women. There's lots of women in my family. And, and uh, uh, there's something that I've noticed about the women in my family is that they know how to multitask. All right, I don't. Okay. And we can be sitting at the mealtime, and the woman in my family, the girls in my family, they can do three things at once. They can eat, they can talk, and they can preen themselves. Yeah. You know what? I'm struggling to do one thing. I'm struggling to eat. And I can't, do, I can't eat and talk at the same time. But they seem to be able to do fine. And you know what? I sometimes get in the situation where there's so much noise going on and so much chatter going on that I'm like possum in the headlights. You know what? I, what, what do I do here? And my wife will say to me, Doug, don't you know... This one's saying something to you. Elise is saying something to you. I, uh, Annabelle's trying to get your attention. And I'm saying they're all trying to get my attention. I just don't know where to listen. There's so much chaos going on. I don't get it. I, I miss it. All right? And you know what? Sometimes our lives are like that. There's so much chaos going on in our lives that we miss the voice of God. We miss the voice of God. And in my mealtime, I've learned that I've got to be very careful not to tune out because of all the noise. I've got to learn to tune in and to focus on what's going on so I can pick up the voices, what they're saying and where they're at. Yeah, I've got to focus. Yeah, and, and you know what? Our life with God, there's so much going on. There's so much busyness in our lives when we're rushing from one thing to the other, doing this and doing that. That if you're not careful, you can tune out the voice of God. If you want to hear the voice of God, you need to listen for it. You need to create focus in your life and be aware that God wants to speak with me. Tell the person next to you that God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. The other thing with the focus and busyness of our lives, we need to create space in our lives where we can hear God. We need to go aside for a time each day where we can be in the presence of God, where we can sit and listen for God and say, God, what are you saying to me? This is not spooky. This is real. This is real. God wants to speak. You know, there's some things that stop us from hearing from God. First of all, the thing that stops us from hearing from God is ignorance. Ignorance that God wants to speak to us. Some people don't know that God wants to speak to you. Some people believe that God stopped speaking when the Bible was written. No, that's not true. That's a lie. God is speaking. He won't tell you anything that's um, that will give you some sort of revelation beyond what is written. He won't tell you that 
that uh, you can break all the all the all the commands in here at all. But God will speak to you. He will speak to you. So deal with ignorance. God wants to speak. The other thing is, is that that will stop you from hearing from God is fear. If I stop and listen, what will God ask me to do? What will God ask me to do? Oh my word, is, is God going to speak to me about forgiving that person who stood on my toes really badly? Is God, is God going to ask me, is God going to ask me to give to that person? Is, is he going to do that? Is God going to ask me to do something really like outside my comfort zone? Fear will stop you from listening to the voice of God. The other thing that will stop you from listening to the voice of God is sin. And sin says, I don't want to stop what I'm doing, so I don't want to hear God. Yeah? But let me tell you something. When God comes to you to speak to you, it's not to beat you with a stick. It's because he wants to bless you. When God came to Abraham, he wanted to bless him. He had a word for him to bless him. When God wants to speak to you, it's not to beat up on you. It's to position you for blessing. You say positioned for blessing. So I want to ask you tonight, what is God speaking to you about? What is God speaking to you about? And you know, for some of you who have been Christians for a long time, I want you to look right at the beginning in that verse, and it says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham. You know, what it's saying there is that the word came to Abraham some time before. And yet now, Abraham was ready to listen. So if you've been a Christian for a while, what has God spoken to you about that you still haven't acted on and done? What is God speaking to you? Are you hearing God? Are you hearing God? God wants to talk to you. And he will position you. You see, when, when God came to Abraham to speak, he said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. You see, God wanted to take Abraham to a place where he could bless him, to position him rightly for the favor of God to come upon his life. And when God comes to speak to you and I, it's so he can position us. He wants to move us out of where we are and take us into something somewhere where his favor can flow over our lives. Now, what this isn't saying God isn't saying he wants you to abandon your family. He isn't saying he wants you to cut your, your, your family off. He isn't saying I want you to become a missionary in Africa. He may be, but that's not necessarily so. What God is saying is that I want to take you out of where you're comfortable. I want to take you out of your comfort zone. I want to take you to a place where you can build new relationships. I want to take you to a place where you can extend and expand yourself because right here, right now, you're way too comfortable. You're way too comfortable. Tell the person next to you, you don't want to get comfortable. Because God is wanting to position you. God is wanting to position you. I want you to look in, in Psalm 32. Psalm 32. This is very very cool, important. If 
you're wanting to hear from God, you need this. God will position you. Psalm 32 and verses 8 and 9. It says, I, I, God speaking, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And then he says something. God's saying, I will guide you. I will help you. I will take you to the place that you need to be. But then he says, don't be like a horse or like a mule. So don't be like a mule. Don't be like a mule. Okay, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit or a bridle, else they will not come near to you. And God is saying, look, guys, I want to do something good in your lives. I want to bless you, but I need to take you out of where you are and move you to some place. But don't resist me. Don't fight with me. Don't be like a stubborn mule that needs to have a harness put on it to be directed. Don't be like that. You see, God is wanting to position you and he will direct you. He will direct you in every way of your life. God is interested in even the small parts of your life. Even the small parts of your life. Like the subjects you take at school. He will position you with your career and help you in your career. He'll position you in your place of work. He'll position you with the person you marry. He'll position you where you live. He will help you and guide you. He'll position you in helping you to deal with sin. God will deal with that and help you. God wants to direct your paths. He wants to make a path for you. A place where you can be blessed. You can be blessed. You know, in moving from one place to another, sometimes there's things that we've got to let go of. And what God was telling, to Ab- telling Abraham, there's relationships that you've got to let go of. There's places that you've got to let go of. I've got to move you out of here to move you on. And you know, with our lives, God's also saying that, you know, there's some relationships that I need you to deal with. There's some things that I want you to deal with. And sometimes we're holding on so tight with those, we don't get it, that those things stop us from receiving the blessing of God. Have, have, have I told you the story about how to trap baboons? Uh, I, do you, would you guys, would you guys, I've told Mal, well, you've got to know about, I, I tell you, if I tell you how to trap baboons, Dave's going to want to have a mission trip to Africa just to trap baboons. This is a great story. I've got a friend. A South African friend, Dave wants to go. I got a South African friend who uh, he talked to me, told me one day about how they catch baboons because baboons are a, a big pest. You know, the farmers, they'll wipe out their crops. So the farmers want to catch the baboons to teach them a lesson. So this is what they do. With a pumpkin, great big pumpkin, in the side of the baboons, they knock a little hole in the side of the pumpkin. And the baboon's so thick, okay, it, it just can't help itself. It runs to that pumpkin and puts its fist in there grabs to grab the handful of seeds. And then it won't let go. It tries to get its hand out, but it's stuck inside the pumpkin. And now it can't get away because the pumpkin is too heavy for it to run away with. It's got problems, okay? And then what the farmer does 
is that he comes up, he catches the baboon, and this is good, this is really good, he paints the baboon white. Yeah, paints the baboon white, you can find out, okay? Then he lets the baboon go, breaks the pumpkin, and the baboon's off. Now the trouble is, is that the baboon, he's flat out running back to his mates. But when the baboons see this white baboon, they're flat out off in the other way. They think they've seen a ghost and they're running for it. And the faster the white baboon runs, the faster the black baboons run and he can't catch up. He is caught in his sin. You know, I love that story. Yeah, sad, sad. The poor baboon, he won't be allowed to come back to the rest of the baboons until the rain washes, it, washes them clean again and washes them back to the same color as the rest of the baboons. He is isolated because of his foolishness. You know what? That is so like us and our sin. That is so like us and the things that we want to hold on to and the things that we're attached to and we don't want to let go. We don't want to let go of it because... We're worried that if we let go of that, we're going to miss out on something good. Not knowing that by holding on to that, we miss out on God's very best for our lives. And that is a tragedy. That is sad. Tell the person next to you, you look a whole lot smarter than the baboon. Tell tell the person on the other side, you need to have more brains than that baboon. God wants to position you. He wants to position you and he wants to bless you. You know what? When he came to Abraham, he said, I will bless you. I will bless you. And you know what? So often, so often we think that when God comes to us, he's coming to make our lives miserable, to give up one of our little little treasures, to give up something that's uh, important to us. But God's saying, no, no. No, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. You see, the devil is a liar. And right from the beginning, right from when man first walked this earth, he came to man with a lie saying that God is a holdout and he doesn't want you to have good things in your life. That's what he came with right at the beginning with Adam and Eve and saying, you know what? God's holding something back from you. And that lie that lies so often is in the heart of man and woman, even man and woman who love God and saying, you know what? I want to hold on to this and do things myself because I somehow suspect that God doesn't really want to do good in my life. You know, right at the beginning in Genesis 1:22, God took man and woman and he blessed them. He blessed them. And to be blessed means to impart divine favor, an impartation of of goodness and grace, an impartation of something supernatural of God to help you and empower you in your life. And I tell you, we want that on our lives. Who wants to be blessed? Yeah, I want to be blessed. In uh, Psalm 37 and verse 4. Psalm 37 and verse 4. You're going to want to highlight this too. Psalm 37 and verse 4, and it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires 
of your heart. You see, God is not a holdout. God is not miserable or mean. The very heart of God is to give. The very heart of God is to bless. The very heart of God is to increase your life and to touch your life, expand your life, to bless you. That's the heart of God. And that's available to us. And the door, obedience is the doorway that opens that blessing to us. In Ephesians 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. How many of you want to be blessed? Oh, yeah. The pathway of obedience is the pathway to blessing. You know what? Some of you say, well, you know, I prayed for something for so long and I haven't got what I asked for. Have you ever thought that if you got what you asked for, it would destroy your life? Yeah? Have you ever thought if you got what you demanded of God, that it would wreck your life? Yeah? Instead, turn your delight onto God and he will transform the desires of your heart and he will give you those desires. God is not like some sort of vending machine where you put your prayer in and crank the handle and out pops your, your, your instant prayer answered. It's not like that. But God does want to bless your life. God does not want to wreck your life. He wants to protect you from destruction and position you for prosperity. He wants to put divine favor on your life. Now, if you look through in that verse some more, and back in, uh, in Genesis 12, you'll see that something else that God did here with the life of Abraham. Something else that God did. And it's exciting here is that if you look in verse 6 and 7, it says that Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Morah. And the Canaanites were then in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord. What did he say? He said, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham. The Lord appeared to Abraham. God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to make himself real in your life. God appeared to Abraham. Do you know what? The promise of God to us as Christians is that God will manifest himself. God will make himself real. God will manifest himself to us. I want you to look in chapter, in John. Look in John chapter 14. This is good. John chapter 14 and verse 21. says, he, this is Jesus speaking, he who has my commandments and keeps them, okay, this is he who walks in obedience, this is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The promise of God is, is that we love him, walk in obedience to him, he will manifest himself to us. He will make himself real to us and our situations. Wherever we are, 
Whatever we're doing, if we walk in obedience to Jesus Christ, He will make Himself real to you right where you are. You see, the promise of the revelation of God, the promise of God making Himself real to you and I, comes through obedience. Now I can tell you from experience that I can talk to you all you like about the blessing of forgiveness. I can talk to you about how good it feels to forgive someone, how good it feels to release someone from a sin that they've committed against you. I can tell you all about that, but you will not experience that until you do it. And when you do it, you will find that God will manifest himself to you, that God will make himself real to you. God will reveal himself to you in that. I can talk to you all I like about the blessing of giving and what it's like to give. I can talk to you about that. But you know what? Until you actually give and release some of your resources yourself, until you do that, you will not know the blessing of giving. You will not know and see and find the manifestation of God in your giving. You won't know it. I can talk to you about the blessing of honor, what it, what it means to honor your parents, what it means to honor those who are over you, what it means to honor your teachers or, or anyone else for that matter, what it means to honor your spouse. I can talk to you about that. But let me tell you, when you do it, you will experience God manifesting in your life. You will experience God making himself real and meeting you where you are. God will reveal himself to you. You know what? The last thing that God will do, and we can see in the story of Abraham, is that he will be a friend to us. How many of you guys have got too many friends? Yeah. <laughs> okay, how many of you could do with some more friends? Yeah, of course. All right. Now, you see, the interesting thing about Abraham is, is that Abraham was a man of obedience, man of faith. But he was one of the few people who became known as the friend of God. In the Old Testament, in fact, I believe in the Old Testament, there were only two people who became known as the friend of God. That's true, Ian, isn't it? Uh, Abraham and Moses, only two people. Only two people out of the whole Old Testament tes history were, were known as the friends of God. But you know what? Jesus opened the gate to friendship with God. Jesus completely threw open the gate wide and said, you can be my friend. In John 15 and verse 14, Jesus said to his disciples, and because he said to his disciples, if you're following Jesus Christ, he's saying to you, he's saying that you are my friends if, I do, if you do whatever I command you. If you walk in obedience to me, you can be my friend. Now, let me tell you, I've, got some, I've had some good friends in my life, and I've had some bad friends in my life. The bad friends, we call them fair-weather friends. These are the friends who are there when things are good, but you can't see them for the dust when things are bad. They're, they're off in the other direction. You don't want fair-weather friends. And there's plenty of people who will be a fair-weather friend to you. But you see what? God is not a fair-weather friend. He's with you 
when the times are good and when the times are bad. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never let you go. I will never let you go. See, the blessing of friendship is that God will speak to you face to face as a friend. He'll be honest with you. He will come to you and he will talk with you. Can I have uh, the band tonight, please? You know, tonight I wanted to disarm the fear. This morning, Ian disarmed the, the fear that I can't do this by talking and preaching and teaching you about the mercy and the grace of God. Tonight, I wanted to disarm another fear, the fear that I, God's going to ask something of me that I don't want to do. God's going to mess up my life somehow. But let me tell you that God rewards the obedient. God rewards the obedient. Tell the person next to you, God's going to reward the obedient. He wants to speak to you so that he can position you. He wants to position you so that he can bless you. And in blessing you, he will make himself real to you. And he will be a friend to you. Now let me ask you tonight, why wouldn't you surrender all of your life to Jesus Christ? Why wouldn't you surrender yourself to a God like that? Tonight I sense, before I came up, that God was wanting to challenge us and speak to us. He's wanting to say, will you, will you surrender your life to me? And I do, I saw many people with their hands trapped like a baboon in the pumpkin, holding on to something, not knowing that that something was wrecking their lives. Tonight, people, if you are aware of that, of something that you need to surrender to God and let go of, tonight I want you to come and worship at the front. I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to say, God, tonight I'm surrendering all of myself to you and trust you that you want to bless my life. Is that you tonight? How many of you know that God's wanting you to let go of something tonight? He's wanting you to surrender. He's wanting you to surrender more of your life to Him. If that's you tonight, I want you to put your hand up. Just own it. That's it. It's good. 